this bulletin, Joan traditional owners urge non-Indigenous Australians to support their call for self-determination and, voice, and vote yes to Indigenous voice to Parliament. Anthony Albanese pays tribute to the passing of Simon Crane. And new data reveals workers on minimum wage can barely survive due to the rising costs of living. Traditional owners in the Catherine region of the Northern Territory have urged non-Indigenous Australians to support their call for self-determination and vote yes for the Indigenous voice to Parliament. About 4,000 attendees have travelled to the small Aboriginal community of Barunga with a population of about 360 people to celebrate the Barunga Festival. This year marks 35 years since the Baranga statement calling for the recognition of Aboriginal rights was handed to the then Prime Minister Bob Hawke at the Baranga Festival. Mr Hawke pledged at the time to have a treaty created between Aboriginal people and the Australian government by 1990, a promise that remains unfulfilled. The Minister for Indigenous Australians, Ninda Bani, on Friday was handed the Baranga Voice Declaration, which calls on the nation to vote yes in the upcoming voice referendum. The chairperson of the Jawan Association, Lisa Mambin, says the new declaration invites all Australians to listen to the aspirations of traditional owners. This place belongs to us, Aboriginal people, the First Nation people, and we need to be acknowledged and recognised now. It is time, and no disrespect to anybody, but to you, non-Indigenous people, we need your support. Because together, we can thrive. We can thrive, we can heal, and we can make this nation strong. Community organisations hosting events in support of an Indigenous Voice to Parliament will have access to a freshly launched fund to help cover costs. This is part of an effort to shift the voice debate away from politicians and into communities after federal parliament passed legislation to allow a referendum to take place. The Yes23 campaign will provide one-off grants of up to $15,000 to encourage further engagement and conversations about the importance of a successful referendum. It is hoped the grants will assist regional and rural community groups to run Yes activities and forums. Indigenous community organizations have also been encouraged to apply for financial assistance. Yes, 23 campaign director Dean Parkin said hundreds of community events supporting a Yes vote had already been held and the fund would support even more conversations across Australia. The Australian Labour Party is mourning the death of Simon Crane at the age of 74. Simon Crane had served as a member of parliament for 23 years and was a cabinet minister in the governments of Bob Hawke, Paul Keating, Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard. Simon Crane's family said they were devastated after his death on Sunday morning following an exercise session in Berlin in Germany where he was part of an industry delegation. Mr. Crane will be remembered as one of the architects of the Hawke government's momentous industrial relations reforms of the 1980s and one of the most significant political figures of modern labour. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese reminisces about Simon Crane. Well, Simon, uh, of course, uh, had some ups and downs in politics, as we all did, but uh, he showed no signs of anything resembling regret. Uh, he is someone who 
continued to make a, a positive and constructive contribution. The rising cost of living is still in the spotlight with new figures from Anglicare Australia showing that full-time minimum wage workers have only $57 left after essential weekly expenses. The study called Living Cost Analysis shows housing is the biggest living cost for households. Anglicare Australia Executive Director Casey Chambers says this concerns essential workers. These are people who've done everything we've asked them to do. They're working full-time. They're in the kind of occupations that actually stood at the forefront when we were in the pandemic. They're real retail workers, they're food delivery workers, they're delivery drivers, they're security workers, and yet still they're going backward. Rents have gone up by 30% since 2020, uh, and we know, of course, that rent is the largest part of people's weekly costs. The index also pointed out that a family of four with two full-time minimum wage workers would be left with only $73 after expenses and that a single parent would be short of $100 to afford even essentials. Former New South Wales Liberal MP Darren Maguire has been charged with giving false and misleading evidence to a corruption inquiry involving a Sydney council. The charge stems from his testimony given during Operation Dasha, which investigated whether former councillors dishonestly exercised their official functions over planning proposals and applications. The news comes days before the state's corruption watchdog releases its findings into a major inquiry into the former Wagga Wagga MP and ex-premier Gladys Berejiklian, who were in a secret relationship. The long-delayed report will be delivered on Thursday, more than a year and a half after Ms. Berejiklian quit as premier. The federal government has announced a new proposal to give the Communications and Media Authority, ACMA, stronger powers. Social media companies could face multi-million dollar fines for failing to address the spread of misinformation and disinformation. The proposed changes allow ACMA to obtain information and documents on how the corporations deal with such situations. Failure to respond can lead to penalties of almost $7 million or 5% of the global turnover in case of systemic breaches of standards. Jenny Davis, Australian National University Associate Professor, says the measure is a consequence of the new times. The reality is that many of us are getting our news from social media sources, be it Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, etc. And at some point, these companies that have so much power and so much money have to be responsible for what's shared on their platforms. The opposition have raised concerns these measures could restrict freedom of speech. Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong says Australia is working with its global allies and keeping an eye on Russia following extraordinary scenes involving the Wagner private military company. Senator Wong also says Australians in Russia should leave immediately because the security situation could deteriorate further. Australia's travel advice for Russia is to not travel and the government has warned its ability to provide consular help in the country is limited and it would be able to facilitate evacuations. Late on Saturday, the heavily armed Russian mercenaries who were on their way to Moscow after threatening President Vladimir Putin and his top his top defense brass began turning back. 
In Greece, Syriza party leader Alex Tsipras acknowledged defeat in the second parliamentary election this year. The conservative New Democracy Party stormed to victory yesterday with voters giving its leader Kyriakos Mitsotakis another four-year term as prime minister. According to figures from the Interior Ministry, with 91% of votes counted, centre-right New Democracy was leading with 40.5% of the vote and 158 seats in the 300-seat parliament. It was more than 20 points clear of Syriza, a radical leftist party which won elections in 2015 at the peak of a debilitating debt crisis and which ran the country until 2019 when it lost to New Democracy. A party called the Spartans and considered far-right has won over 4% of the vote and is likely securing 13 seats. One series of candidate in Athens, Omiros Poulakis, is concerned by this development. It is clear that the voters' choices have taken a right, even far-right turn, and I'm afraid that this will also affect the policies at a social, parliamentary and political level. Back home, fire crews have managed to prevent a wildfire from spreading to nearby properties in rural Queensland. A watch and act warning was issued by the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services on Sunday afternoon, but was later downgraded to advice. No more properties are considered at risk. There's still a large amount of smoke in the area and some roads have been closed. Two swollen private dams are being closely monitored in South Australia after the state has experienced extremely heavy rains in recent days. State Emergency Services has issued flood and watch warnings on Sunday for two dams in the Adelaide Hills. Residents have been warned to only leave their houses if they are sure the path out is safe and clear as there is a high risk of the dam breaching at any time. And to sport in NRL, the Raiders have held off a late reaction from the Roosters winning 2018 at Sydney Football Stadium. With 18 points in the first half, the Raiders opened up an 18-0 lead but let the Roosters back but but let the Roosters, the Roosters back into the game in the beginning of the second half. Jared Crocker secured the win for the Tricolors after scoring on a penalty kick. Roosters coach Trent Robinson says his team could have used some opportunities better. We you know we had enough time to, to run it down and I feel like we were creating some opportunities. But we couldn't finish them off, you know, we obviously just couldn't sort of ice enough opportunities to get back in front. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome cloudy 28, Perth partly cloudy 15, Adelaide showers and 16, Melbourne a shower 2 and 15, Hobart similar conditions 13, Albury Wodonga cloudy 11, Canberra a shower 2 and windy 11 degrees, Wollongong mostly sunny 18, Sydney much the same 19, Newcastle sunny and windy 20, Brisbane mostly sunny 24, Townsville, partly cloudy 27, Cairns, partly cloudy 29, Alice Springs, partly cloudy 24, Darwin, mostly sunny 32, and the Torres Strait Islands, mostly cloudy day ahead and a top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 